From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. Today on episode 272, we are diving into the shadow, what Carl Jung would coin to be the shadow is the part of the psyche you don't want to admit to, the person you do not wish to be. Now, a great example of this is actually in my own inner work because you can't be whole. That Carl Jung also talked about wholeness as being this self-actualized individual who's reached kind of more of an enlightened viewpoint of not just themselves, but of humanity and the world as a whole. He he would he would say that you can't manifest that without developing the the aspect of your psyche that you don't wish to contend with that you want kind of want to put in a corner and not admit to and so a great example would be of me who was overly agreeable and I let people walk all over me And as a consequence of that, I generated a bitterness, a resentfulness, not just to those people around me, but to myself. And I I would denigrate myself and just pick myself apart to death over like that situation that I was in that, you know, I let people kind of walk over and I wish I would have said something, but I didn't say it. And so, so the shadow is that, that part of me that I'm ashamed of. So it's that overly agreeable, shy, timid personality within me because I'm actually high in agreeableness and so acknowledging that is you know uneasy no one wants to do that so that's why a lot of people just want to put it put it into a corner but what happens when you look at that is that well how can I lessen this and manifest its opposite because I'm only seeing things from a one-sided view and I'm projecting that one-sidedness of myself onto the world and onto me but if I integrate this other side of myself, I become more of a whole individual where I know that I have the capacity to be overly agreeable, but I have to, I know now that I have to stand up for myself and draw a line, draw a border around me so that I don't let people walk over me because I fear more now that I don't want to lose a part of my soul and my self-respect because of that as a consequence. I would rather stand up and face the consequence of that confrontation, which I don't want to have, by the way, but I'd rather confront that individual or that situation rather than lose a part of my soul and and manifest that that shame and guilt. And so, so that's the acknowledgement of one shadow. You have to confront the things that you don't want to confront in order to be more complete and to develop an inner sense of completeness, but also to generate some sort of bravery and courage and to generate more of a self-respect or a a more broader image of, of yourself. And so the shadow is also your capacity for malevolence. Now, that's the the shadow is the part of you that will do terrible things given the circumstances. So a lot of people who are in riots, for example, they do things like smash windows or, or, you know, steal things. And later that evening they go, man, 
I can't believe I did that, right? They just like, wow, given the circumstances, I just got caught up in this wave of this collective shadow, this aggression that was manifesting itself in the public sphere. And I just witnessed a part of me that did something that I just never knew I could do, right? And there's that moral dilemma happening there, right? It's like, like, Man, and you see that in Pinocchio too, which is so cool because on Pleasure Island, when all the little children were smashing things and they were living in this amusement park, hedonistic filled sphere of delight, they were smashing things that were sacred. And the more they were, the more that they were trotting down this path of destruction, the more they turned into donkeys, which inevitably, that's what eventually happens is they become donkeys and the, the coachman eventually enslaves them because they've, they've just fallen so far down to the depths of, of their unconscious hedonic pursuits. And the less whole you are, the more you'll be a slave to the the culture because culture will just take advantage of you if, if you're naive if you're a wide-eyed you know person who's unintegrated then you're you're a ripe fruit for the the plucking so where do we put the devil right because we can get a sense of meaning when we get corralled in the shadow elements of of society right? Because society says, well, you should deem this as something as, well, this is relevant, right? They'll put something like, you know, social justice or diversity, or they'll put things at the pinnacle of what we should value. But, but what the, the problem with that is they're, all, I've noticed that they're presenting a one-sided view, that they're not giving you the whole story. They're giving you one element because everything has two sides, right? There's always a positive element and a negative element. So people are unwilling to look at the negative element, but always take the word of culture that the what they're presenting is positive and that's what needs to be pursued. But once you start to look behind this, the curtain of culture and what they're presenting to us, you'll realize that the devil is certainly in the details. And so we always have to look behind the scenes of what's being presented to us. And that's also the element of the shadow, right? You have to look behind the scenes to see what's lurking back there. The devil is certainly in the details, and we all have our capacity for darkness. I mean, that's what Solzhenitsyn talked about in the Gulag Archipelago, is that the the snake of good and evil runs down the heart of every human being on this planet. We all, under the right circumstances, man, we could do terrible things. So don't be thinking that you're this almighty saint of a person, you know, when tragedy hits you, we all slip into resentfulness and bitterness all the time. We always shake our fist. And what makes someone an enlightened person is the person that says, well, is there something is, did I contribute to this in some way? And what can I do about this personally? And what can I do in my life so that I don't walk down this dark path that can lead me 
into the spirit of Cain from Cain and Abel, you know, killing his brother because he's so resentful and bitterness in that he spent a long time brooding and, and thinking about the dark aspects of humanity. It's not a good place to be. And so power complexes can make something or somebody fall into an authoritarian worldview. So if the state is the highest ideal, then won't you service to that state so that the ultimate meaning can manifest? I mean, certainly a lot of people think that way. You know, you look at the global warming, uh, climate change activists and the, the, you know, vegans and the, oh God, the, the woke movement, things like that, where they put these ideals as the highest value and that you should be fighting with all your might to support these kind of views. But we... T- what Carl Jung noticed is that once you subtract religious elements from culture, you subtract God from the, from culture, then what we're left with is hollow pursuits that bring no meaning, but also, but inevitably manifest the dark parts of our psyche, aggression, anger, bitterness, resentfulness. And that's currently manifesting today in our culture. And it's just being more prominent now. And so that's interesting to think about. But for Jung, and his view of taking God out of the climate is that, well, there, there, he noticed for himself back in the day that there were less church attendees. And this meant that we've lost the old way but not yet found the new. And we are sitting in a, spot, a spiritual vacuum. And that was, that blew me away when I read that. That, uh, that. I think that's so true, especially today. And it hasn't changed, it's actually getting worse. And that's the thing. So self-reflection is the missing first step, but also the relationship with the unconscious. And this ultimately requires our worldly sacrifice. Honoring the voice of the inner life requires sacrifice. So honoring, you know, the sacred and what what what's the, what's in alignment with the sacred what's in alignment with god well we have to sacrifice things that we're attached to you know we have to sacrifice like things like drugs alcohol tv games uh, and toxic relationships things like that so that we can enhance the quality of our being and so things like taking on responsibility we're exercising self-care, self-reflection. This is what's valuable. This is what's going to awaken more of who you are. And the path to wholeness is exactly that. And so the shadow, it can manifest when you catch yourself out of character. Now, this is huge. You know, that when you look to yourself and you're like, that wasn't me. Who was that that did that? And believe me, I've had those moments in my life and that was not fun. And that part makes you uncomfortable. You don't know who you are. It's like the domain of the unknown kind of comes up and the place that you thought you inhabited is not at all the place you inhabited. And now you have to reconstitute your psyche and your being as a whole. And that's no joke. That's why a lot of people fall into post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, coming into contact 
with the persona. So the, the, the shadow coming up and coming into contact with the persona, they coming in, into contact with the ego, it questioning your identity as a whole. And we see that represented in the Lord of the Rings, Smeagol, right? Like the, the beginning of the return of the King where, where Smeagol, you know, he, he, he's this goody, you know, Shire Dweller kind of a character. We see that in, in Bilbo and all the other hobbits, especially Merry and Pippin, you know, kind of naive and living, living in comfort, weak-minded individuals. And, you know, Smeagol comes into contact with something extraordinary, materialism. He comes across this ring and it takes over his desires completely, brings out this dark element of his psyche. He kills his friend. And then what's so cool is that the next sequence is of him descending into hell itself. He's completely picking himself apart. He's aging. He's starving. He's in a cave. He's just like, that's someone who goes through P PTSD, man. That's like, that's so brilliant because Smeagol is the, Gollum is the embodiment of the shadow that is Smeagol, right? He's the f full manifestation of the 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 shadow and and why that is is because throughout the whole film all the movies he Smeagol or sorry Gollum he he's he's full darkness and by the end of the third film he dies without having any transformation because why would he have transformation when he's just he's he's fully He's a fully fledged version of the shadow. He's he's Hitler, he's Stalin, he's Darth Vader to the to the to the fullest, right? There's no going back when when you've lived that out your entire life and when you've entertained it and when you've accepted that, man, it there's no going back, right? And so that's what's so cool is it we see this descent into a complete chaotic state where he transforms himself into this otherworldly creature. We see that in Lord Voldemort, right? Lord Voldemort's not even a, a human anymore. He's 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 transformed himself into a snake because of the horrible deeds he's consistently played out throughout his whole life. And so the more he split his soul up into all of the killings that he's done, the less human he became and that's like his descent into the complete darkness of his psyche and he's now full-fledged evil right like there's no coming back from that and, and he certainly doesn't so that's so cool so that's what Cole Young these images are symbolic and they mean something these characters mean something it, that, that's because we all have the darkness within us and even Harry Potter who's continuously fighting with the shadow parts of himself realizes that because he's not acting out on those shadow elements that makes him more of a good person and i think that's true because if you're aware of the shadow that means that you're you're more likely going to manifest the wholeness and you're going to more likely be a wise self-actualized individual but the people who don't recognize that they are dark but believe that what they do is is right in all areas they don't because they don't acknowledge the shadow it's like it's pure you're you're done there's you're 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 a pure embodiment of gollum at that point and so when when you yourself 
catch yourself thinking, well, I just imagine myself throwing this baby across the room. Why would I think that? But the fact that you're aware that you thought it and the fact that you're aware that the thought is disturbing to you, you're more in tune with the shadow element because the reason why you don't actually throw the baby is because you're aware that you could do it, but the feelings that the thought produces they disturb you is a sign that, well, no, you're not going to do it and you're not a bad person because the bad person actually plays out the action. So that's really interesting too. And I also, if you want to learn about the shadow, man, I think my favorite book of all time is Crime and Punishment. So the lead character, Raskolnikov, he entertained justifiable moral rationales inside his head for a long time as being as this young starving university student being alone with himself like Kane just entertaining these kind of rational ideas about you know maybe he should kill this old lady that you know this I think it's a pawnbroker and you know it'll free these women from the that the grip that they have that they have that she has over them and then he'll get the money that the pawnbroker is taking in by manipulating people and distribute that within the community and hey man happy day one less bad person to manifest the planet seems like a good thing so he's constantly planning this out like like should i kill her how am i going to do it um it the world will be better off without her and so he actually does kill her but it sends him into PTSD like Gollum, right? Like he's, he, he is sent into this underworld because these morals opened up his complete shadowed self. That's what's so cool about the story. What he thought was right was indeed wrong. He has no conceptualization of the spirit of the higher good. That's the problem. He was running on the dark rationales of his psyche. He didn't realize they were dark because that's knowing that you have a shadow. He's, he's saying, well, these things are right. So he played it out in the world and it turned out that no, they're not right. And he, it was this confrontation into the part that he never knew existed within himself and it completely reshaped his whole existence he was not the same person after that and so he was running on the dark rationales of his psyche and so these were already shadow elements because they were of self-gratification they're they're of personal gain they're personal ideas personal ideas and they can also come from culture too by the way society can impl- can ingrain ideas within people and people can play out the shadow elements of society but since raskolnikov had no morals in the first place he had no foundation he had no religious foundation within him to begin with he was highly susceptible to self-grandizing thoughts and ideas right and the ideas possessed him and that's what Carl Jung also said is I, people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. So think about that for the rest of your life because that's, that's powerful. But one has to be aware of their shadow for any real change to occur. It holds treasure. Perhaps acknowledging 
that we have the capacity for aggression, we can use that controlled energy to cultivate inner strength so that you can stand up for yourself in the future. Now, our persona is what we most want to be seen to be, like in the world, like the mask we wear in public. And the shadow is what we least want to be. And then when the shadow emerges, it questions the persona. It questions who you think you are, your identity. And that rejected part of ourselves, so the shadow, is often encountered through shadow projection. Now, that's what I was saying earlier, where, you know, when I would come into contact with someone who's overly agreeable and very sensitive and shy, and I get frustrated with them because that's, that's the person I used to be, and that's the person I don't want to acknowledge, but I know that's within me, and I don't want this person to manifest that because I know how damaging it can be because I was once that person, so I think, well, man, just... I just kind of want to shake them and be like, you know, like, come on, get a, get yourself together here. You know, you're not, you're not manifesting your potential. And so that that's frustrating. But also you see people dating people that continue to betray them. And that's also another clue to their shadow, right? They're, they're holding on to toxic relationships or they're feeling resentment when someone is doing better than, than they are. And that's Cain, right? Because instead of Cain admitting to himself that, you know, yeah, what my programming in this world is kind of insufficient and I need to re-update myself and maybe I can learn something from Abel because he seems to be doing something right. But, you know, instead of even, instead of those thoughts even manifesting themselves even a little bit, he does, he, he's just brooding. He's just shaking his fist. He's just entertaining darkness. And so that's where you can go. I mean, look at Hitler, for example. I think in World War I, when he was fighting, all of his friends died. And then he was the only one that survived. So that had some significance for him. And then he was rejected by art schools. He wanted to be an artist and he was rejected over and over and over again. And the state of Germany was in a it was in rough shape, man, because they lost the war and man, it was no joke over there. So he himself with all this resentfulness and bitterness, when he rose to power, he kind of spoke the language of the country since the country was already in a state of collective state of this shadow element of resentfulness and bitterness. He kind of fed off the crowd and the crowd, you know, he, he looked, he listened to the crowd and the crowd, when they responded to him, he, Hitler noticed, and there was this back and forth between him and the crowd and the whole, um, whole, the whole of Germany then manifested itself upwards in this shadow-like way, just right from the core, from each, every, from every individual, it just branched outwards and look what happened as a consequence. It just, it descended into a complete hell. And so we see when people recover from addictions as well, we see that they're better in tune with this dark side of their psyche because they know where they can end up and they're wise. You know, someone like Russell Brand, who's over 20 years clean and sober from drugs and alcohol, he he says that, you know, he, 
he knows where he can end up. So he, what he does every day is to maintain a certain spiritual way of being in the world, a religious way of being in the world, so that he can maintain all the sub the sub-personalities within him, the dark elements of his psyche, because, you know, we can all end up in very dark places if we aren't continuously maintaining a proper way of being in the world. We're not continuously maintaining the garden of our mind. We're not taking care of that. So we're letting things grow and manifest. And, you know, when things get too chaotic around us, we get angry. And when we get angry and we do something, right, we throw something across the room and we get upset. It's like a part of us afterwards is like, oh my God, I wish I didn't do that. What, what came over me in that moment? It's like, yeah, like maybe all these elements behind the scenes were the root causes and you weren't paying attention to them. Like maybe you weren't orienting yourself properly in the world. Maybe you got involved in too many to-do lists and you just became overwhelmed. Or maybe you're not, you know, sacrificing certain elements of your day so that you can properly maintain yourself by maybe going to bed or blocking out sections where you can meditate and journal and just be a better person. So that'll help reduce all of the stress. And so people who go through addictions they have a better understanding of good and evil right the the parts that they were weren't unable con- to control now are under control and they're just you know they help they even help other people who are having a- addiction issues try to control those things that were just uncontrollable for them but young often stated that the shadow is our infantile self uh, that's interesting because I notice a lot of the time the voice in my head that would would say, Brad, don't do that. It's difficult. You know, like cold showers or running or, you know, gym, things like that. Don't do it, you know. And I'm like, it sounds like this infantile voice lurking within me. But when I do it, I feel more complete. and I feel like I have more of a bearing over myself. But we can understand that infantile self that as a part of us that is still damaged from our younger years. And that shame was a huge component in our experiences, the shame of growing up. And maybe you've always thought that people were good in life because maybe they, maybe from culture, maybe from your family, that everyone is inherently good and maybe you're overly protected. And then later in your life, you came into contact with someone who was truly malevolent and was out to get you. And they manipulated you. And that's happened to me too. And so what then, what happens is, you know, your reference, your your frame that you've been operating in the world is completely wrong. And now you have to reconstitute it. And that send, sent you into the golem-like state of PTSD. It's like, what happened there? Now I have to better formulate an understanding of good and evil, that evil does exist. Maybe I have to be more awake enough in my psyche. So that's also cultivating much of the shadow. I have to be more awake in my psyche in order, in order to not let that ever happen to me again. And so, man, you have to do some serious self-reflection. And again, people just don't want to do that these days. People just want to sit in front of the TV or on their phones. It's just, man, no wonder the world is is being generated into the state that it is in now. But also, 
as we conclude this episode, let's touch on Batman. So this is really cool. I thought about this and I was like, man, it makes sense. It makes sense. And Cole Young says, if it makes sense, if these archetypes make sense, if the images make sense, then there's deeper truths to this, right? So Batman is the integrated shadow of Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Rain, Wayne is this persona. He's this billionaire philanthropist. Uh, I can't even say it, but you know what I mean? He's, a, he's like uh, a ladies' man. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he's a ladies man and that's just kind of like the image he presents to the world and like also like Clark Kent you know that nerdy kind of newspaper journalist kind of a guy he is but then like behind the scenes it's that Batman is like the part of him that you know that terrified him when he, he was younger the confrontation of bats right the darkness and so his capacity for aggression is integrated into the Batman he's using that for the good of humanity to fight crime and that's what's so damn cool. His controlled aggression is Batman. And then the reason why Batman is so enthralled and fixated and, and deeply impacted by Joker is because that the Joker is the complete shadow figure that Bruce Wayne himself understands within himself. And the Joker loves to toy with Batman because, you know, Joker, especially in the Dark Knight, says, like, we're more alike than you think because Joker sees the darkness within Bruce Wayne, right? He sees that. He sees the darkness within Batman. And then Batman, like, that's how Joker gets under his skin. But the reason, the but to show that Bruce Wayne, like, Batman is the archetype of the hero is the fact that Bruce Wayne, Batman, doesn't act out the shadow elements but he controls it and it when we watch batman we love that because he's always on the edge he's always teetering on insanity and it's so damn cool that's why we love those movies so much that's why we love the lord of the rings harry potter the star wars they touch upon these elements the dark side is there in all of us and the fact that well you're aware of it and that you know that you must integrate it accordingly so that it doesn't get out of hand is what generates a more wholeness within you and generates a more enlightened person as a consequence. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Leave your comments below. If you haven't already, please rate this podcast on spotify it'll mean the world to me thank you very much rise above anxiety i'll see you next time brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com the anxiety project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands visit unpluganxiety.com for more details recovery